Happy Sabbath. And let's ask the Lord for a special blessing. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart and thoughts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our Savior and Redeemer, send your Holy Spirit. Amen. I don't know how many of you remember this magazine. You received it two weeks ago. Remember? And I don't know how many read the whole thing. Because this was the week of prayer, the annual week of prayer. And some churches do it, others not. And the uh, theme here is really uh, dealing with life style. And the first chapter here was by Elder Wilson, and it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet. Now, I read through the whole thing, and I was inspired how lifestyle can be a means of witnessing. And then I thought about my upcoming sermon, and I thought, hey, can I do something about lifestyle? And I read through the spirit of prophecy and some other things, and I noticed that lifestyle, your and my lifestyle, is intimately related to the way that we interpret the Bible and the result of our interpretation. And that was not at all touched in the week of prayer, so I decided, let me just present this here. Because we are living in a very momentous time, we see dark clouds coming on the horizon, and the Bible is plenty of statements there how to prepare. Daniel 12, verse 1, we find there the statement in regard to the preparation there. Michael, stand up, and then there will be a time of trouble such as never was. Now, this is not the time of trouble that you find in Matthew 24. That is a time of great tribulation. But this is when the, the king of the north will make its final attack during the time of trouble. And so that is a tremendous time, and many will not survive that time. At the same time, when you look at Revelation 13, verse 15 and 17, we see that the beast, the second beast, moves on the earth so that people will be worshipping the beast and his image. At the pain, at the, the pain of death, and not only death, but a worldwide boycott. Now, how do you think about it? Is that attractive? Is it okay, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll whip it, we'll do it. Are we prepared for this final conflict? That's the question. Revelation 12, verse 17. If you turn there to Revelation 12, Verse 17, this is after the 1260 years of tribulation, 
you know, where Satan is trying to destroy God's people, but he has not been successful. Because in verse 17, Ensign says, the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, why is Satan so angry? Because he has not been able to eliminate God's people, the remnant. Those were that remain faithful. Now, what is the characteristic of this faithful remnant? Oh, yes, it says they keep the commandments of God and have the te testimony of Jesus. Now, the question is, do they still keep the commandments of God? And do we have the testimony of Jesus? And this is all in the context of do we love Jesus with all our heart? Because if you don't do this, you are not able to keep all God's commandments. And you certainly doesn't have the gift of God, which is the testimony of Jesus. So what does the book of Revelation further tells us? That God has a special gift for you and me, if we are the remnant, at the end of time. Revelation 17 says, what is that gift? The testimony of Jesus. God's people have it. At the same time, Revelation 19 verse 10 talks about the prophetic gift that a number of people have, that are the prophets. But Spirit of Prophecy says about the final gift in the final days to show how we have to be faithful. So this is a gift so that we will succeed in all the difficulties and are able to keep God's commandments. Because you can profess it, but are you keeping it? And that is only through the special gift that God has given. Now, last week, our pastor had a magnificent sermon on the disunity. Remember? My emphasis now on unity. So we know the church is full of just unity, but how we can make it, change it into unity. It's a concern how Adventists interpret the Bible because that impacts everything. We know how to impact this. We know how to interpret the Bible. Our church has produced many books of how to interpret the Bible, but that is not all. The question is, how do we become a church united? And frequently our disunity has to do with the way how we look at the Bible. About lifestyle, some believe this, other one did, and then they said, okay, you know, it's up to you. It, it, it's your opinion. Friends, I'm not talking about opinions. That will not help us, but what does the Bible teach? The spirit of prophecy indicates that using the proper rules of interpretation is not the most important thing. Now, that you, you may surprise it, you know. I mean, I, I wrote whole papers on what Ellen White says, how to interpret this. 
But then, here it is. He says, no. That's not the most important thing. So, what is then the most important thing? A more important factor is a lifestyle dedicated to Jesus and to following the light that Jesus has already given me. Now, think about it. Here I have the proper methods. I follow this. And yet, here is a brother that has completely different views. In fact, I belong to the Biblical Research Institute. And uh, there we come several times a year together and uh, discuss the issues that separate us. Books, papers, some are 20 pages, some are 200 pages. And we have to go through this and analyze this, what is the problem. But here, it has to do with lifestyle. So it is not doctor so-and-so or scholar so-and-so, but what is his lifestyle? And normally we don't talk about lifestyle when we look at our papers. No, we want to look at the arguments, not how they live. And yet Ellen White says, it is more important how they live the truth than following rules. And so each one of us, if we have difficulties, we have to ask ourselves, how do I live? Lifestyle impacts, as Jesus says, how readest thou? Luke 10, verse 26. Here is a lawyer who wants to catch Jesus. He says, what is the most important thing in the law? And Jesus says, do you read the law? How do you interpret this? How do you read it? And so, your lifestyle explains why you or other Bible students who apparently use the same biblical principles arrive at opposite conclusions on the meaning of the text or passage. We have seen it demonstrated at the General Conference in 2015. Here are all the delegates and scholars and whatever and whatever you, you can find. And there were three questions. Is it true? Is it not true? Or is it true, but sometimes not true? You know? And we didn't agree. And five years later, we have had conferences after conferences, after conferences and we still don't agree. So what about lifestyle? And so have we been investigating this? And this is not only for you, but also for me. The impact of lifestyle on spiritual discernment. Anything that lessens the physical strength and feebles the mind and makes it less capable of discriminating between right and wrong. So here is lifestyle, our physical lifestyle, had to do with between right and wrong. And if you have not the correct lifestyle, we may make the wrong decisions. Christ Object Lessons, page 346. Wrong lifestyle habits weakens the intellectual powers. Second volume of the Testimonies, page 66. By contrast, right physical habits 
promote mental superiority, intellectual powers, physical strength, and longevity. And they depend on immutable laws. Council died in foot 29. So sometimes people say, you know, with the scovers, ah, you know, if you get it, you don't have any faith. Is that so? Is it simply a matter of faith? You know? And if you get it, you have weak faith. And if you don't get it, if you have a mask, you have a problem. If you don't wear a mask, you survive. No, friends. It says here it depends on immutable laws. And so God then has given us laws to be followed. And if we don't follow those things, yeah, then you don't live as long. You know, God is a very rational God, a very intellectual God. He, he explains everything. He says, no, don't do this, don't, no, no. If you do this, this is the consequences. Isn't it marvelous what a God we have? How does God communicate his truth to human beings? The physiology of God's communication with us. The brain nerves which communicate with the entire system are the only medium through which heaven can communicate to man and affect his inmost life. Whatever disturbs the circulation of the electric currents in the nervous system lessens the strength of the vital powers and the result is a deadening of the sensibility of the mind. You don't need to write this because I have given a handout and the handout is not to throw it out. You, you can do it. To go home and read it. Pray about it. Is this something that the Lord wants me to do? Have a clear mind when studying God's word. It's impossible for men and women with all their sinful, health-destroying, brain-enervating habits to discern sacred truth. Testimonies, volume 3, page 162. You see? Here is God that has given us a body perfect and here is Satan that tried to destroy the body so that we don't discern sacred truth. Therefore, the Lord recommends using the so-called natural remedies. You know this because many of you participated in this class of home remedies. And so the natural remedies are there to boost your immunity and you hope you don't get this disease or that disease or, 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 or clovid, whatever. But they are also good for the mind, to sharpen the mind. And so good nutrition, pure water, exercise, clean air, sunlight, temperance, rest, and trust in divine power are there to promote top performance of what? Of the mind. Importance of temperance. In 2 Peter 1, verse 3 to 10, it says here that the Lord gives us power through the promises of his word so that we have the divine nature. So our human sinful nature can be transferred into the divine nature through faith, virtue, 
temperance, self-control, brotherly love, all those things can come if we use the promises of God. And therefore, we escape the world through corruption. Now, what is true temperance? Spirit of prophecy says, true temperance teaches us to dispense entirely with everything hurtful and to use judiciously that which is healthful. Patriarchs and Prophets 5.6.2. So in other words, get rid of everything hurtful, but in moderation use that which is healthful. And so here then recommendations for the best physical, mental, and spiritual health. Using physiology, the spirit of prophecy points out that delivering the nutrition to the brain involves converting food by digestion into basic elements which the blood transports throughout the whole system. <coughs> Therefore, the digestive as well as the circulatory systems are in charge of assuring that all brain cells receive adequate fuel for maximum performance. The digestion starts already here with the enzymatic changes in the mouth, then goes through the esophagus, then the chemical digestion comes in the stomach, and then it goes through the, through the intestines, the small and the uh, broad intestines, and this, if this works well, according to what God recommends, then we have the maximum performance of the mind. And in Bible studies, we have then the best results. Anything that impairs the brain's functions, so the mind is darkened, affects one's study of the scriptures. Interesting, isn't it? How to restore the image of God? If you turn to Genesis 1 verse 27, we see that each one of us is created in what? The image of God. And so if God created us in the image of God, he knows exactly how to function, how it should be, how we should treat it. And then in verse 29, we find God's diet for human beings. And what is it? A plant-based diet. No killing, no slaughtering of animals or whatever, no. Because that is what God wants us to have because he wants to preserve the image of God. Now then you get the problem of what? The problem of sin. And after sin, the diet is expanded in Genesis 3 verse 18, with all the herbs of the field. Before there was only the green herbs, now all the herbs and whatever. And that was there to maintain God's image in maximum performance. Now, the question is, are you interested in keeping this in maximum performance? So it is your choice, my choice. And so in Councils to Diet and Health, page 92, 
She says, grains, fruits, vegetables, and nuts are, the, are to be found all the food elements that we need. You don't need more. It's all you, what you need. It is the diet chosen for us by our Creator. Ministry of Healing, page 296. And I talked to him, I said, how to restore? Because, of course, after sin, the image of God was corrupted. Now, when we prepare for heaven, why not get involved in the restoration? Because the more this image is restored, the more we can cope with the dark clouds just before us. You see? So we have no excuse if we fail because God has it all prepared for us. How to protect the image of God that God has given us. All flesh food, which may taste very nicely, such as meat, poultry, fish, should be avoided because, you know, we don't teach our children, hey, Johnny, hey, Chrissy, you can't do this, no. Why not? Because their use does not provide pure blood and clear minds. Councils on Diet and Foods 383. It also excites the animal propensities to increase activity and strengthens the animal passions. Testimonies, Volume 2, page 63. The impact of spices and condiments on the image of God. The use of mustard, pepper, spices, pickles, and other things of like character. What do they do? They irritate the stomach lining and eventually destroy its natural sensitivitiesness. Ministry of Healing 325. Spices also arouse the animal propensities and the consequently weakens the moral and intellectual powers. Councils on Health 114. And they becloud the reasoning faculties by which we study the Bible. Councils on Diet and Food, page 150. What about sugar? You know, it's a very controversial issue. What does it do to the image of God? Sugar should be used sparingly. So it doesn't say no sugar. No. Sparingly, because it's free use, if you use plenty of it, clocks the system hinders the working of the living machinery. Testimonies, volume 2, page 369. It causes fermentation, which clouds the brain. Councils to Diet and Food, 331, 354, 534, and 535. What again? In large quantities, sugar is even more injurious than meat. Testimonies 2, verse 3, 7c. So, you know, if you cannot stop eating large quantities, maybe you should be not a vegetarian because it is more detrimental by large quantities than not. And what do you do if you, if you eliminate all those things? You save some money. And so it use money spending candy, gums, ice cream for God's work, namely sending the Amazing Fact Journal to the whole community. See, if you don't have the money for the magazines, 
That's one way to save money. Councils to Diet and Food, 329. Liquid foods and God's image. Meals consisting largely of foods, soft foods, the soups, the liquid foods, are not the best to produce healthful muscles, sound digestive organs, or clear brains. Again, everything what I present here has to do with the brain and affects your study of God's word and what is the result of your conclusions. Fundamentals of Christian Education 296. Improper combinations of food also create problems for the stomach. They produce fermentation and causes the blood to be contaminated and the brain confused. Testimonies, volume 7, page 257. And then, of course, overeating. I would advise you to read Deuteronomy 21, verse 18 to 21, and see the results of overeating. Overeating, Ellen White says, is the sin of this age. The Bible puts gluttony in the same categories as drunkenness. Testimonies, volume 4, page 454. The brain nerves, the brain nerve energy is benumbed and almost paralyzed by overeating. Testimonies, volume 2, verse 414. Again, it affects the, the brain and this overeating leads to forgetfulness. Now people may say it may be Alzheimer's, but this contributes also. Forgetfulness and loss of memory. Counsels on diet and food. One, three, eight. And so friends, are you willing to restore the image of God in everything you do? The impact of eating irregularly or too frequently. Irregular hours for eating exhaust the brain forces. And it is in the youth instructor. So Ellen White wrote this for young people because young people have not frequently the regular hour or, or the brain forces. No. Sin of intemperate eating, drinking too frequent, too much, and of rich, unwholesome food destroys the health action of the digestive organs, affects the brain and perverts the judgment and preventing rational, calm, healthy thick thinking and acting. Testimonies, volume 2, 6, 18 and 6, 19. What about drinking? Water is the drink of choice for brain. Pure water is one of heaven's choicest blessings. Its proper use promotes health. Drunk freely, it helps to supply the necessities of the system and assist nature to resist disease. Ministry of Healing 237. Water is the best liquid possible to cleanse the tissues. Review and Herald, July 29, 1884. Drinks to be avoided at all times are tea, coffee, and alcoholic beverages. The difference between those 
as the tea and coffee and alcohol drinks are different degrees in the scale of artificial stimulants. Councils on Diet and Food 421. Frequently you start with the tea, then you go to coffees, and finally you can only be satisfied with alcoholic drinks. This is the result of many cases. The impact of stimulating drinks, the mind too is injured. The immediate influence of these stimulants is to excite the brain to undue activity, only to leave it weaker and less capable of exertion. The after effects is prostration, not only mental, physical, but moral. The result we see, nerve, nervous men and women of unsound judgment and unbalanced minds. Council Diet and Food 423. What about drinking with meals? A detrimental practice is the custom of drinking with meals, using ice water during meals, especially harmful to the digestive system. Thirst can be quenched by drinking water a short time before or after the meal. Council Diet and Food 420. Wrong habits of drinking lead to errors in what? Thought and action. Review and Herald, January 25, 1881. And so, friends, what is now the impact of our lifestyle of eating habits on Bible study? You find this in Council Diet and Food, page 52. If our appetites are not under the control of a sanctified mind, if we are not temperate in all our eating and drinking, the spirit of prophecy says, we shall not be in the state of mental and physical soundness to study the word with the purpose of learn what says the scriptures. Beautiful. Eating habits that make the Holy Spirit ineffective. It is important to avoid all foods that have the tendency to irritate or excite the nerves. Excitement will be followed by depression, Overindulgence will cloud the mind and render thoughts difficult and confused. So therefore, God cannot let his Holy Spirit rest upon those who, while they know how they should eat for health, persist in a course that will enfeeble minds and body. See, God cannot do this. Counsel died in health. Diet and food, page 55 and 56. So, we conclude with a picture of God's grace and mercy to overcome temptation. You may say, yes, pastor, we like those things and whatever, but they are too strong. We cannot, we cannot overcome them. We are helpless. Friends, that is a poor excuse. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13 says, no temptation has overtaken you, except such as common to men. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able to. But with the temptation will also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. You know, God is faithful. He will not let you go. 
and he knows your capacity. All of those things. And finally, the promise here is, Philippians 4.13, I, Paul says, can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things. And so all those things have nothing to do with legalism, friends. It's only God who wants to restore in you the image of his God. And if the restoration is successful, you will be successful when the dark clouds come and the time of trouble comes. But she says also that those who are not careful will fail during the time of trouble. See? So today is the time to prepare. It may not be too appetizing sometimes to change things, but with God, everything is possible. And those things can be a delight for a lifestyle that will promote your brains, promote successful encounter with Satan. That's what the Lord wants you to do. And so, friends, if you want to have more sources, you find us there. You find there a website, and you can elect that and download this, a whole study of lifestyle and Bible interpretation. Friends, God wants us to make a decision. Can I see the hands of those who make to make improvements in this area? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. You have seen the hands of those who make have made a decision to make an improvement in this area. We have to admit frequently we have failed in this area, but we have not seen the reasons why you want us to do it. But now we know that if we want to be successful in the time of trouble, this is the only way to go. Oh, please, Father, give us strength that we can master those temptations through your power. And may the Holy Spirit be given to us and not be refused because of our lifestyle. Oh, Heavenly Father, bless each one of us here under my audience and give us the victory. Thank you so much and help us to teach others. Help us to teach our children, our grandchildren, the way of life through Jesus. And may we love Jesus more because of what he has given us. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.